It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And let me say from the outset today, thank you so much to everybody who's been in touch following yesterday's show. And my take on the nurses' dispute, which was just phenomenal, the reaction that followed uh, yesterday through the show afterwards, right through last night and again into today. And I can't get back to everybody who was in contact, but I have to say almost 100% people are behind the nurses and it's fantastic to hear that as well and thank you so much for all the kind words and really sensible uh, comments that you made on the subject and it's going to continue it looks like it's going to roll on uh, at the moment we're looking at uh, it happening again next week and beyond so we'll be following that for sure I promise you just one last comment I will uh, read to you that came from Lorna Hurley to me thank you to the amazing midwives who looked after us so well when we had our daughter in December uh, Jerry, they went way above and beyond, and will be for we will be forever grateful. And that's just a sa- another example of uh, the the tenant of the comments that have come back to us uh, here on the show. So thank you very much again to everybody. Now. Christmas Eve, you know Christmas Eve, it's a hell of a busy day. Everybody's running around getting ready for the next day. The presents wrapped, the food, uh, mums in houses especially, and dads making sure everything's in order, hoping Santa will come. That's the way Christmas Eve should be. But picture this, a local woman from German Fecken, Eileen Rush, should have been doing that this Christmas Eve just gone by. But instead, she was working out a treatment plan with her oncologist. Having been diagnosed with cervical cancer, time was of the essence and Eileen began treatment recently. And can I tell you, she's on the line today from St Luke's Hospital in Dublin to us. Hello, Eileen. Hi, Derry. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Thank you so much for taking our call today. And I want to tell listeners, you've started to talk about and tell your story in a blog. Tell them what you've called the blog. Cancer is a bitch. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a fantastic name. Oh my God, yeah. check it out, folks. Go in and look at what this woman has to say. Well, firstly, again, I say thank you for joining us on Late Lunch. Just about this whole cervical cancer and you. To say first, you really didn't have symptoms, did you? No, and um, I suppose that's what my all the doctors deal with me. Most people don't have symptoms. 
Um, there is symptoms, um, I have them on the blog there, but I wouldn't like people to too hone in on them too much because the majority of people don't tend to have them. Mm. So that's the whole point behind the cervical check is that the smears pick up the abnormal cells before there's cancer to stop their uh, cancer being there and the symptoms as a result. Um, but no, I had no symptoms um, in advance. I was got, about 18 months ago, they found abnormal cells and I was getting normal treatment for that. And then just uh, just before Christmas, when I was in getting a procedure done, um, they found the, the tumour, basically. And I'm sure that was some shock to you to be told that you have cervical cancer. And at what stage did they say you were? Uh, about three, 2B to 3. So still very much they're treating it to cure it and um, it's, it's a good prognosis. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot worse. So, but yeah, it is, it's, quite, it's quite advanced, like, but it's not, I mean, it's very treatable. Okay, that's really good news. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're talking to me, have you had treatment today already? Yeah, I had, I mean, you were just saying there about the nurses. They're very, they accommodate everything here. So I'd ask for early treatment. So if I had any side effects, they'd be gone for lunchtime. And they, they do fit you in as much as they can here, the nursing uh, staff. So, mm. yeah, I had it at nine o'clock, so I'm fine now. Good woman. And well done again, let me say, to the nurses. It's high on our agenda here, has been uh, since yesterday. Yeah. No, no, treatment started when? Is this your second week, yes? This is the, tomorrow is the end of week three. So three. I've been oh. up here for three weeks. Monday okay. Friday. Mm-hmm. And you have a lovely son. His name is Seamus and he's 12. Who's looking after him? Um, I'm very blessed because I live in Tom Second Village and my parents only live in Sandpit. So uh, they have a Monday to Friday. Um, so he's still in school and um, oh, massive thanks to everyone in Tom Second because all the other mams are taking him the whole time and bringing them to different classes and that kind of thing. So his life is uninterrupted except for I'm absent Monday to Friday. So okay. And you have your parents as well, yes? Are they uh, with him? Yeah, my parents have him, yeah, Monday to Friday in their house. So we yeah. did up a room over there for him, so he's very much comfortable. And, yeah, it's not ideal, but we're making the best of it. And I'm lucky to have the support I have from my friends and family in the community. I was reading your blogging um, Mm -hmm. earlier on today and you do say about your parents that, you know, you're the one going through this, but yet you look at them and you feel really sad for them. Yeah, I I actually, I think it's an accepted thing. I know my, unfortunately, my cousin has breast cancer and she said the same. It's like this guilt thing. I think, you know, when you get older, you like to be able to, I don't know, thank your parents for rearing you and take away the worry rather than giving them more worry. So to kind of, and they came with me that day up to the uh, Christmas Eve. So they're fully in on the journey as such. But it is devastating news. And I suppose it's the one thing you don't want as a parent to be told that your child's unwell. And there's very little they can do about it, you know. Well, better be there, I mean. But yes. yeah, obviously, it's not news. I like to, I like to get, but I nearly felt worse than having to get it. Actually, my, oh my. And talking about your own son, how is he? He he knows the situation, yes, and he understands. Yeah, he's he's far too intelligent to, um, to to give him a bit of information. And um, there's a little boy in his class whose father unfortunately has cancer at the moment. So about six months ago, I'd actually sat down and spoke to him about what cancer was. Um, so then when I told him I had it, obviously he's devastated, uh, but I've given him enough information and he's clued in and he's with the, the fight with me, you know, that kind of way. So, mm. like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard fight, but the, 
the, the medicine is there and I'm just hoping the outcome will be positive for us all. How long will this go on for? I was reading 25 rounds of uh, radiotherapy, six rounds of chemotherapy. Over how many weeks? So um, I'll be here for six weeks, but the way radiotherapy works, it's an accumulation. So it'll stay in my system for about eight weeks post-treatment. I won't be getting treatment, but this treatment will still be active in my body as such. Um, so it's, and then it's 12 weeks after the treatment stops before they scan me again to see if the treatment has been successful. Just because there's so much going on in that area, they need it, beg your pardon, to ca- calm down mm. to get the results. So you're going to be there for six weeks uh, full time while this is going on? Just Monday to Friday, yeah. yeah I y- mean, I am blessed where I am as well because there's this... Um, well, initially the doctor had said I had to stay up, or not to say had to, but suggested it would be better for me. I wasn't really keen. I thought I'd be on a hospital ward or something, but there's this place called um, Oakland Lodge. Uh, there's a, it's a charity, the it's a Friends of St. Luke's, and it's like have a little apartment here, and you get your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all the staff are amazing, and it's a, a wholesome care, like there's reflexology, there's all sorts, there's an art centre, there's a big massive community here so I'm very lucky to be here (laughs) Yeah, and you get home for the weekends yeah yeah I go home on a Friday till a Monday morning and then I'm back up here okay now you graphically describe Mm -hmm. the side effects yeah when you get this treatment and it's not nice it's no it's not one of my favourite things to have done to date (laughs) Mm. like for example you might tell us what 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 are the side effects? What happens at times? How do you feel? How bad is it? So, I mean, I have um, cervical cancer, but up uh, up my abdomen in the scans, it showed as slightly hot. So they're treating the radiotherapy a little higher than they would like as a precaution, just to make sure anything that was, I suppose, thinking of growing there isn't going to. So it's my whole digestive system and everything is being treated, the good bits and the bad bits. So... I mean, uh, nausea is definitely um, a massive thing for me. And then uh, extreme diarrhea to extreme constipation mm. um, with very with little contributory factors. They give you one medicine to help with something it tends to have a different side effect, you know. So yes. it's, um, it's like a balancing exercise to get yourself to the best place. But then other days I'm absolutely totally fine. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, it's unpredictable to say the least. You have also been told as well there are major life implications. I know this fight of yours is a major life issue mm-hmm. as well, but you've been told uh, that you will be infertile and that you will probably enter an early menopause because you're only in your early 30s. I'm 33, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will. Um, yeah, like, to be honest, the fertility thing didn't throw me hugely. I have one son and I'm blessed and I feel terrible for anyone in a similar situation who hasn't had a family. Um, the menopause, yeah, that's less than ideal. I don't think anyone likes to go into menopause, even when they're, you know, at the right time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, they're not great, but I take them happily if it, like, left me behind, you know, that kind of way. <laughs> it's, uh, I know exactly, and everybody does who's listening and knows what you're saying. You have to get the, the to the nub of this and the real picture here, and other things are just on the periphery. And and, and you know what? Even speaking to you, Eileen, I can see your smile. I, 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 can, <laughs> I can feel the positivity oozing for you. It, it's remarkable. Yeah, I think it's really important uh, for me anyway. I, I just think... 
I just say, well, actually, anybody who's got in touch who has been affected from cancer has actually said the exact same thing. I mean, you do have a dull moment or a bad moment where you're just feeling a bit sorry for yourself, but I think everybody has that every <laughs> so often. I try to just put my energy to the best use, and that is the staying positive and just fighting the fight and please God to get rid of it, you know, to get mm. cured. So I just think to wander down different paths is just not something... I let my brain do. Um, one decision I made at the very start is I never I never went on Google. Um, I've got all my information from the Cancer Society or from my doctors because that's another thing is my cancer is treated extremely different to someone even with ovarian cancer, mm. which you think it's in the similar region, so you'd be it's similar, but they're all treated very differently. And I think you can overexpose yourself to too much information that isn't relevant. And scare yourself because, well, I don't have a medical degree either to differentiate. So I like to just get enough information that's relevant directly to me at this moment. And that's working really well for me. Well, can I say, I think it would work well for a lot of people because Dr. Google drives people and their minds mad when you start Mm -hmm. to go in there. And you're right. Uh, the cancer is peculiar to you and being treated in a very individual type of way and I I think that's a real good uh, tack to take what you've done there the other thing is well uh, and and, and I know you're regarded as a very positive woman you've a lot to look forward to your son Mm -hmm. is for confirmation in May yes yeah Yeah, I've actually had a brilliant year this year I'm a bridesmaid for my sister and then my best friend Elaine's getting married in Italy and bridesmaid for her and James' confirmation all in May. Uh-huh. So it's it's great that the treatment started now and hopefully I'll be back to a bit of normality by then to have some champagne. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, do you ever feel that you've been dealt a bum hand? You know, when a, if you're playing cards or a, an awful hand to, to play with? Because this has happened to you now. And I, I just want to tell listeners today as well that Seamus' dad, John, died mm-hmm. suddenly and unexpectedly back in the summer of 2017. Yeah, he was 32. He died um, as a result of SUDEP, sudden um, unexplained death through epilepsy in his sleep. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I never... I suppose that's probably what's made it more difficult for me in relation to Seamus is the fact that he's 12 and he's probably been more true more than me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've been dealt a bad card as so much is enough now, do you know? Yes. Um, so my my sister also lost a baby during the year, um, oh who God. was born prematurely. Um, mm. So yeah, sometimes you could kind of go down there and be feeling awful sorry for yourself. But do you know? And I particularly noticed being up here surrounded by all sorts of cancer patients. You just I overheard two elderly men in the the dining hall yesterday, and they were talking to each other, and they said, "But should we know what it's all all about? It's about living." And they're just saying how people some kind of like get lost on it. And you just got to concentrate on being positive. And, you know, every experience, as hard as it is at that time, like it makes you better able to deal with the next experience, I Mm. think. Now, in your situation where you find yourself today, there are a few big issues in the news. Vicky Phelan is all over the place Mm -hmm. again the last few days uh, with the news that 6,000 women are to be called for a peat smear test. What would you say to women listening today about having the smear test done? Well, I mean, firstly, I'm actually flabbergasted at the amount of women I personally know who haven't maintained their smears. Um, It's something I've always been on top of. I am a little bit of a control freak, but like 
it's not it's, it's a choice you're making there like it's a it's a tool to help diagnose something that might not happen do you know it's to stop the cancer um, I think, yeah, it's hard because you're asking people to trust a system that is continuously failing, but it is the system we have. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to still use the system. And ultimately, it was that system that has got the cancer for me or found my cancer. So hopefully I will be here when my son's old and getting married. You know, um, it's not good enough. I mean, there's so much money and there's so many people involved in the cervical check that it just seems like how someone isn't overseeing something as simple as dates and tests it kind of baffles me but it is being it's under the microscope the fact that they're willing again to come out and go look we screwed up here's another 6,000 people it is showing that they're not going to let it go again where they're ignoring it as such you know we just have to stick with it and it's you just have to keep going to get your smears and um, I mean, a lot of women are very embarrassed about their bodies. And I, w- I think maybe it's people who haven't had children, because once you have children, it's, well, it's a circus down there. I just think the people that are doing your smears are really professional. They've trained hard to do it and they're there to help. So just take a deep breath and just go for it. And then the majority of people are totally clear and they can go about their life for another five years, you know. So just stick with it and keep getting them is all I would say. I don't think I'll ever forget that description of a circus for the rest of my days, to be honest with you. That's going to stay with me forever. The other thing is, on a serious note, the HPV vaccine is is another hot potato and yes or no, should I or shouldn't I? What's your opinion on that? Well, it's it's been in the um, Australia for uh, years and years and years, widely available for both boys and girls. The science is behind it. There definitely, I've seen the negative videos and images. I have yet to see medical evidence that would support it being linked to the different things people are saying. I mean, like I've said, there's nothing perfect. I mean, it's the same with the children's vaccines at the moment. Like, you have to make the decision to do your best to protect your children. I personally think the answer is to get the HPV vaccine. I would never judge a mother or father or tell them to do it but my opinion is it's there to help and prevent and why not um the thing about the hpv viruses i think people like misinterpret it or think it as an sti i mean you could have been involved with one person and use a condom and have the hpv virus it's not what people like associate it yes. with do you know it exists Nine out of ten people have HPV. It just, they don't understand why a tiny percentage of those people, it becomes cancerous to. They don't know that yet. So this is the best they have at the moment is to stop people getting the HPV virus at all. And I personally will be giving it to my son. I don't know what to say to you because over the years on this show and each day I come in here, I meet remarkable people and hear remarkable stories and you are right up there, may I say, at the <laughs> top of that you. list. You really, really are, Eileen Rush. You're a role model. I'll say that to you today <laughs> for so many people. And the way you've spoken today, your positivity, despite all you're going through. And you're going through that at this minute in time. You're in St. Luke's there. It's going on as we speak this very day. And here you are on radio with us telling your story. I'm just yeah. humbled. Well, I think, you know... Irish people are amazing and I think like this the kindness I've got from uh, every corner like of the world actually people have got in touch with me I just think that 
it's like everything. If you talk about it, it's no longer like a whisper or did you hear such and such? It's something in society and women. And I actually really would encourage more men as well to go home to their partners and go, Mary, have you got that back? Have you got that uh, smear book? Because it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's just part of life. So just make it like you would, you know, a routine dentist appointment. It's just something that should be not even thought about, just done. And I just think if you remove the association with the body part it is maybe, or, you know, it just is, and just everybody get on with it. And I just think if we can stop more women sitting on a bed in St. Louis, like I am right now, like, I just think that's amazing. That's amazing. You're amazing. It's been a privilege to talk to you today. I'll let you back to what you have to do there for the next number <laughs> of weeks. So and please, time. God, I'll chat to you again down the road. But yeah. in the meantime, from myself and everybody I'm sure listening today, thank you. And we wish you and your son and your parents and all your family and friends all the very best. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. Take care, Eileen. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Eileen Rush there speaking to me from her hospital bed in St. Luke's where she's been treated for cervical cancer. If you have anything to say, don't forget the usual numbers. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Or don't forget our social media platforms as well. If you'd like to tweet us at LMFM Radio or Facebook LMFM. I think we should be playing Come On Eileen next, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that, I promise, for Eileen Rush. What a remarkable lady. Some of your comments coming to us on late lunch this afternoon. Jerry, that lady Eileen is amazing what she's going through. And yet she's a joy to listen to so upbeat and jolly I have everything crossed for her thank you so much indeed another one all our best wishes to such a lovely lady I'm crying and laughing with her at the same time and that's so true when you listen to her there there's yin and yang the two sides of it but she's simply simply wonderful Louise um you're a mum. You have three children of I'm, your own. I'm smiling here after Eileen. She was remarkable. Oh. When you should be crying, mm. but you're smiling. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the way I feel after listening to her as well. And and such an advocate for, you know, having the smear test done, having the uh, the HPV vaccine mm. uh, also for, for, for the younger ones. Do you or have you had, do you mind me asking you, a smear test, is that something that that you've been particular about? Oh, absolutely. Up to date. I even went back for and asked for a second one when all the um, uh, controversy broke last year. I just went back and I said, look, can I get rechecked, please? Because um, it's so important. And mm. it's funny how she described the circus because... Um, oh, I'm getting a couple of comments on that as well. I, I picked up on it straight yeah. away there myself. What a description. Yeah. You can understand, like I, I can understand... Um, younger women who maybe have no kids and they're mm. going to the doctors kind of mortified to get a smear test. You know, they're kind of going, oh my mm. God, have I waxed? Have I this? Have I that? Whereas, you know, a woman who has, as somebody said to me, once you're in labour, all dignity goes out the window anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. So forget about that once you've had children. there You should just go down, get it checked. It's only once every, is it five years? And mm. it it could be, you know, it's for your children. It's for your, it's for you as well, but it's for everybody you love. Get yeah. a check. And I heard a mum in conversation I was in recently who had, I think she has, she has two children anyway, maybe more, and she just said she found it difficult. And, and it was said to her, but you've had babies, you've been through all this, you've done all this before. This is nothing compared to, to what you've experienced already. And no, I it is a little bit unpleasant, y- yes, and it is the yeah. thoughts of it, but look, at it takes a few minutes and It can it. save your life. 
that's the bottom line. Go and here. get McDonald's afterwards yeah. or something. You know, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> don't start promoting that new Big Mac that's made of <gasps> bacon or something. I don't know what they're talking about. I saw that ad in the television. I diver- One last thing before we go to news or two. I just want to say, you know, it was freezing cats and dogs last night. Yes, it yeah. really was. And I went outside the door at about, I'd say it was around eight o'clock, and I hear an ice cream van. No way. I don't believe you. As I, as God may strike me dead, as that saying that's often used, an ice cream van going round somewhere close to where I live and it tingling the way, tingling. And I said, holy moly. Were they selling milk? And by the time I gave it to you, it I don't know what they were cream. selling, but it's I was frozen. starting to scratch my head and think, what are they selling? And the, almost the last day in January and it freezing cats and dogs. Would anyone bother going out to an ice cream van to buy ice cream? the end of January. I don't know. Maybe they know, they know something I don't. Maybe but they were selling hot chocolate. Anybody hear that ice cream van or hear an ice cream van in your area in January? If you did, give us a shout. You know the numbers. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. Were those bells going off in your, in your head again, <laughs> No, January? honestly, it wasn't. And I wasn't doing anything funny. I, I was compassmentous after having my dinner, had to go out for something, and I did hear that ice cream van. Anyway, news and weather coming. And afterwards, we're heading to Dunboyne, where children there have decided to tackle the dog poo issue head on. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. If I had a euro for every time we talked about dogs and uh, the faeces that are left behind on our streets and villages and towns all over the northeast I'd be a rich man we've uh, talked about it many times over the years but it's an ever present it's an old chestnut and it's raised its head again but we have a very positive spin on dog fouling on our footpaths this afternoon on the show and to tell us more I'm joined by Mag Cooney and she for the last 22 years has been running ABC Club Play School on the Navin Road in Dunboyne. Mag, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Now, this is a real cheesy question. What put <laughs> this afoot? What put this afoot? Basically, a child put her foot in place in dog poo on her way home from school. And her mummy pushed the buggy with her brother in it through the dog poo on the way home from play school. And mum has a, the the child has a dog, Anya is the child's name, so she has a dog and mum had been explaining to her why she was picking up the poo and that it was about taking care of your dog. It was part of taking care of the dog. Mm. And basically Anya said to her mummy on the walk home, You don't see many children walking their dogs. Maybe the children should teach the adults about looking after their dogs and picking up the poo. Brilliant. So that's where it started. Okay, and that was the the incident had to happen. And it's shocking when you stand in that stuff. And, you know, for children going to or from school, it's horrendous. So it is. Now, so she makes the suggestion on you to her mum. What happens from there? How does she put a plan with yourself and the parents into action? Well, basically, mum put it up on Facebook um, on the local notice board and there was both positives and the usual trolls um, commenting. Um, So when Anya came back into school then, we kind of 
sat in a large group and, they, and we explored what had happened and how the children felt about it and naturally they were disgusted and they don't like it and we go out regularly on walks and we, we always shout poo alert whoever's in front to those coming behind Yep. Um, and uh, we explored it a bit more with them and we talked about what we could do and um, you know how could we tell people that we didn't like it so we came up with the idea of spraying the poo becoming paw poo patrol paw patrol paw poo patrollers <laughs> yeah. and finding all the poo in the village and highlighting it for people out walking or pushing buggies or in wheelchairs. So how did you highlight it? What did they do practically? Practically, we uh, bought coloured hairspray, you know, the pinks and yes. greens that you can spray into your hair. And yesterday was our first outing and we went out on Paw Poo Patrol and we poo alerted every poo that we found um from walking from the play school to the village and uh, we sprayed them. And so were there many? All nice bright colours. <laughs> were there many of them? Well, between the play school and the doctors, which is a couple of hundred yards down the road, mm. we had used one full can of spray. So there's a lot of dog dirt being left on the pavements in Dunboyne. That's the message first today. Absolutely. But a stretch of it now, it's clearly visible, sprayed with these colours. So everywhere there's a poo, there's a vivid colour. Well, first of all, I have to say, I'm not excusing what happens and it should be picked up. But at least now it can be seen with the colour and avoided. Absolutely. Um, We got a few texts this morning from parents um, thanking us for their colourful walk this morning and uh, their ability to avoid the poo. Okay, so this is very interesting and I have to say brilliant thought to colour it, highlight it and then you can see actually where it is. But beyond this, that's all right and you're doing great to highlight it. What's the plan? Beyond this, everybody that we... So the children made badges to become Paw Patrollers Mm. and so they used the Paw Patrol logo, the cartoon Paw Patrol logo and um, they made their own badges. And we also made posters for all the local shops with the logo. Uh, the three P's of Paw Patrol is Paws, P-A-W-S, Pick Up, Poo, Please. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so we, we d- that's the poster. And we also did a little, I suppose, like a business card, if you like, with the same logo on it. And we attached a couple of poo bags to it and anybody we met out walking a dog we asked them if they would um, accept a gift from the children and um, they handed over these little cards and poo bags and I have to say they were um, extremely respectful of the children which Mm. I'm delighted about. Mm. I admire love what I'm hearing from you I think it's great and to involve them at such a young age make them aware and use the children that little girl Anya you know the children to show adults the way absolutely absolutely and I have to say that 
you know, when I put, I put it up on Dunboy Notice Board that we were going to do this and we have received nothing but positive comments. Mm. So we're absolutely delighted that people are taking this on board. The children's initiative is being taken on board. But also, um, I think just reaching out into the community, one of the other creches in the locality has said, can we join in too? Mm. And our answer is absolutely. And another um, play school in a, in a different um, village has come come to us as well and said, can we do this? And we're saying, yes, everybody can do this if it highlights it for um, the irresponsible adults who are out walking their dogs um, without think food bags. I you have up. started something really special in Dunboyne at ABC Club with your little ones there. It's brilliant. I have to say, it is really, really interesting. And we see already, this has only started. It's only hours on the go, really. And it's starting to take off already. And I ain't one bit surprised. Paw, poo, patrol on the streets of Dunboyne. Watch your step. <laughs> Watch your dogs. Pick it up. That's the message we want to get out. We want... Pause, pick it up, yes. please. Pick yes. it up, please. The three Ps. Pause, yes. Pick up the poo, please. Just do it, will you, please? <laughs> and make Dunboyne a beautiful, beautiful place. I know we're going to get messages from all over the northeast now in Meath and Loud telling us about the situation there. But the colourful marks on the pavement show it can quantify how much there is there. Children asking for this to change, the little innocent faces of them and the appeal. Surely it has to start making a difference with dog owners. I love it. I absolutely love it, Mag, I have to say. Well done to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerry. Well, all. thanks to Anya. Yes, thanks. <laughs> and her to the, thanks. What's her, what's her, her, her full name, Anya? You know, her name is Anya Mulvey. Well done, Anya Mulvey and your mammy. You're fantastic people and all the children there in ABC Club as well. Thank you for telling us the wee story today on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 That's Mag Cooney there in Dunboyne. I'm sure, look, they're coming in already, the messages about this. It's an issue everywhere. Say it again. Pick the blinking thing up. Put it in a bag. Dispose of it yourself or into the bins. But don't let your dogs do what they do on the streets. Children going to school, walking into it. Come on. Hey, Louise, what did I tell you? You were slagging me. You were saying, were you all right last night? Were you hearing things? When I you don't believe to- you. Well, Something about an ice cream. Well, listen to this. Jerry. you're not wrong. Barbara's Ices, the van, was out selling cones in the Yellow Batter area of Drogheda last night. And that's not a million miles from where I am. That's what I heard last evening. Best cones on the planet, says the listener. Well done to you. Uh, so I wasn't here. Where is she? Things. Would she come on and tell us? Did uh, she sell much? Yeah, we might get hold of Barbara. Barbara, if you're listening today, give us a shout. 1850 We'd love to have a chat with you. And Tommy's been on from Navin to say, every evening in our estate in Navin, Jerry, there's a nice cream van. And, believe it or not, children go out and buy the ice creams from the van as well. Thank you indeed. Heading to a break on late lunch. And when we come back, a lady is going to join us to tell us why she gave up the alcohol two years ago and is still off it. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Lots of people doing dry January where after the festive season they give up for the month for 30, 31 days or so. Coming to an end at the moment, 
But I'm going to talk to somebody now who did Dry January, which became a 90-day programme and which has continued since. Yes, she gave up the booze a couple of years ago. She's a brilliant journalist and writer. I've spoken to her before on Late Lunch and I'm delighted to have her with me again. Kate Gunn, good afternoon. Hello, thank you for having me. Not at all. Thanks for joining me again. When this Dry January you did, how long ago was it? Uh, well, actually, well, it was um, it was it was a dry October that okay, I um, and uh, it was um, two and a quarter years ago. Okay, um, yeah. So it was uh, intended to be a, a thirty day, um, and, and and that was it really. And I did it under strict conditions that it was only thirty days, and that uh, myself, and my partner, would be back back to normal after that. Um, but just the, the, the benefits of it um, made us think and um, we revised the 30 days. My, oh my. So you've gone all of 17 and 18 and the latter part of 16 from that October and you haven't touched a drop of the crater, no? Um, I have not, not, <laughs> not a drop. Um, but there was lots of times when we thought about, you know, um, it's doing it in moderation, you know, maybe like, mm. a, you know, special occasions or something like that. Um, but I think for me anyway, it's it's a lot easier uh, to do something 100% of the time rather than, you know, will I, won't I? And it's constantly going around in your, your head or will I tonight? And uh, like, it, it's just easier to say, I don't drink. So does it get easier as the days, the weeks and the months go by? Um, it does. It definitely does. The first couple of weeks, I think, for me, were the hardest. Um, and then it got easier and you got into a pattern. But there's always there's, there's um, moments. Um, so your firsts of everything, I suppose. So the first Christmas and the first holiday and the first big party and things like that. So you've got to get through all those moments, I think, to, to, for it to become just a natural part of your life. Mm. Um, so there's there's specific moments that that, that do feel um, a bit tricky yeah. uh, and then you just get past them. And of course when you pass one, a second one happens and so on and more and more then it mm. just becomes a matter of fact and custom. But here's the thing I wanted to ask you, a couple of things. You, you, you've you looked back on this now and you've done a, a bit of a, a self-analysis. Why did mm. you drink in the first place? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I would have been drinking since 16, 17 on the weekends with, with friends and stuff. Um, and I'm in, well, in my 40s now. Um, so it was just like, you know, in Ireland, it's part of the culture. It's, it's what everybody does. Um, your weekends are, are, you know, without thinking about it, you're um, having barbecues with beers or you're, you know, going to parties or meals out. Um, and the drink is just goes hand in hand with that. And I didn't even really think about it that much. It was just obvious that you know everyone everyone drinks um so you know i would have been the, the same as anyone else um probably like you know more than some less than others um i wouldn't have called myself a problem drinker at all uh but at the same time i did enjoy a drink and now that you're on the other side <laughs> and over two yeah. years on the other side why do you not drink um it's amazing really it's like a uh veiled <laughs> being lifted and without sounding too judgmental on people who do drink um, you just kind of see it for what it is and that actually it's like a crutch that that you don't really need Um, and certainly you know in social situations I would never have thought that I could go out um, to the pub and to to parties 
without a drink in my hand, you know, it would have felt very awkward um, and would prefer to have stayed at home rather than go out and not drink. Um, but as you do it more and more, you need it less and less. Um, and you could just come to realize that, like, it's, it's, it's a part of your life that actually doesn't need to be there. Mm. Um, so, you know, people drink to de-stress. Uh, I would have been one of those as well. Um, but in fact, you know, it's proven that it, it doesn't, you know, it distresses you for that moment. But then it just comes back, you know, with a vengeance later. Um, and it's linked to, you know, increased anxiety and, and uh, mental health problems and things like that. Um, and it certainly does, you know, it's, it's, it's a short-term fix, I think. My God, you have it sussed out for sure, <laughs> young woman. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, as a, a, a benefit of not drinking, I, I have to say this, you've obviously saved money. Um, absolutely. Um, you, you really do. Um, of course, it gets spent, spent on other things. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you go, like I, I would go out for meals regularly and you just can't believe how much cheaper it is. You know, you go out to a restaurant and the bill is always less than you expect it to be because there's not bottles of wine on top of it, which, you know, is, is what makes it expensive. Um, and things like taxis home and, and um, uh, you know, even takeaways the next day because you can't be bothered to cook and things like that. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's lots, lots of different um, mm. savings that, that come hand in hand with it, I think. No hangovers, feel better, look better, all those things, yes. Uh, yeah, and also, um, I would say, increased confidence, um, certainly, you know, socially, um, and uh, fitness, you know, you're, you're much more, you have so much more energy, so you're far more, um, you know, willing and able to, to, to go out for that run on a, on a Wednesday morning or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's just, um, uh, I was surprised myself at how many benefits and how much better I really felt off it. Isn't that interesting you say that because some people say they drink for Dutch courage, you know what I mean, to enable them to be better. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Socially, but you found the opposite. 
Um, yeah, and, and I would have um, absolutely been horrified <laughs> at the thought of going out without a drink. Um, uh, but, you know, as you do it, the first couple of times are a little bit awkward um, and then it becomes the norm and you realise you've got the, the, the inner confidence, really, I think. Um, so it's not um, it's not via a crutch um, mm. and you're not waiting for, for the drink to be in your hand before you can get comfortable. Yeah, and friends and associates and family, has that all abated? You know where people say, you're not having a drink, do you not drink anymore? You know that indirect type of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there's uh, like when, when people do stop um, in certain social groups, there would be an awful lot of, of pressure. Um, also, people don't like it because then you're sober and, and in inverted commas, judging them when they're, they've had a few. Um, so people feel very awkward about it, I think. Um, and that is, you know, it, it, it can be tough when people are, are putting the pressure on you. Um, to drink or that you know you're you're ruining their fun Um, but uh, you know we did this 90 day one year no beer challenge and it's kind of a good way to to start off if you are in a circle of friends like that that you can just say you know oh I'm doing this 90 day challenge Um, and it's it's easier for them (laughs) to take I think than Mm. you know oh my god giving up the drink or whatever it is yes Yes, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. All right. Now, you, you did say that you've written about this and that's what caught my attention, that you mm. feel the tide is beginning to turn, even here in Ireland. Uh, that big problem we have with alcohol is obviously alive and well. Why do you say that and what are you pointing to? Is it the, 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 the new alco- alcohol-free beers? I see a lot of advertising around those at the moment. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, when you see the breweries are, are putting money into this and, and marketing um, and, you know, time and branding, it, it's obvious that they have done their research and, and you know, there's a, there's a market out there for it. I think uh, the millennials and the, the, the younger folk are, are certainly uh, far more willing to, um, you know, go out without drinks and it, it's, it's, it's more normal for them. I suppose, um, you know, there's this bar that's opening up in Dublin, which will be alcohol free and kind of like the European mindset, I suppose, that people go out and they have coffees, they have non-alcoholic drinks, you know, they might have uh, two drinks for the night and stay out till 3am. It's a completely different culture, but I think it is starting to, to move over here a bit. Um, and also all the health risks, I think, you know, they were hidden from us from a long time, for a long time, like smoking, you know, we used to all smoke. The the the, the health risks weren't widely known, um, and the same with alcohol. You know, it it, it causes cancer, and and that that information is out there now. Um, and I think people are kind of becoming more more aware of that. You've become that sensible that you even started to pay into a pension. Is that right? I know it's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. You're a sensible woman now. Absolutely, you have to think uh, down the road. Grown up. <laughs> and and look at being alcohol free. You're going to live forever now. You're not going to have any of these health associated yeah. issues. From I think that's yeah, a need very to pay good. For it. Yeah, <laughs> and you do, of course. You have to make provision for it in the future. But look at I. I, I think the message as well is you don't have to. To, to enjoy yourself or engage or be happy or socialise. Isn't that the big thing, really, coming across from what you're saying? Yeah, I think, you know, we spend, most of us spend our entire adult lives um, with alcohol, um, you know, every week. 
Um, and it's interesting, you know, even if you do it as a social experiment to see how you get on without it. Um, and 90 days is, is a great time period because you go through all those firsts. So if you can do it for 90 days and then go, okay, I'm going to go back on it or, you know, that's me, I'm done. Um, it's it's a good test and, and worth it once in your life, I think. It certainly is. And I think we leave them with the message today. If you've done the dry January, let's get back to where we started. Do it for February and March and give it that 90 day shot and see what happens. I admire you, Kate. Thank you so much for taking our call. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. You're very welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Kate Gunn there, who uh, over two years ago, two and a quarter years at this stage, kicked it and is very happy and very positive without it. We're heading to a break on late lunch and coming up the start of a new series with one of our regulars. Yes, Tara Walker from East Coast Cookery School. This year, each month, will be cooking flavours of the Boyne Valley. Stay with us. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. We're back in East Coast Cookery School for the first time in 2019 with the wonderful Tara Walker. And this year we are kicking off a brand new series. For the next 12 months we are going to feature producers from the Boyne Valley and in and around the Boyne Valley as well. The beautiful produce that is grown and made and manufactured and put together here in the North East. And Tara, we're really excited about this. Yeah, really, really excited. It's great to see both Loud and Mead kind of involved. I know I've said it before in the past, but you know, say if we were to look at West Cork, you look at West Cork and you know that they've really banded together for years over their food produce. But I have been saying it for years and years, how great we are up here in terms of our produce. You know, we've so much to shout out about. And it's really only in the last few years since the Boyne Valley Food Series, which is now called Boyne Valley Flavours. We've had the likes of Brona Conlon from the Stoke, uh, Olivia Duff from um, the Hedford Arms and Kells and lots of others. You know, I can't even mention everybody, but like they've done great work getting us on the map and we won foodie destinations as well. So I'm really excited to be uh, using the cookery slot to also, you know, tie in with all of the producers and show off all our wonderful produce and today we're starting with Donany Flower one of my favourite producers <laughs> and the first one the first one I thought to ask for this new season and I love their flower so I can't wait to get started Two dishes today and the first, well, when you mention flour, sure, it has to be bread. Exactly. Like I did kind of think, oh, I mulled over it for a week or two about what we should do. And I suppose I just thought to myself in the end, like, I love their rye flour and rye bread on all the packs, which we'll talk about with Leone in a few minutes. But there is um, a recipe on all of them, which is fantastic. So I obviously didn't want to double up on the recipe. And Leone does demonstrations of the bread herself. So I wouldn't compete with her on that because they're fabulous. But I'm just going to do a little take on it with the yeast rye bread today and then later on we're going to use the spelt berries which I've been before Leone even had them on the market if you remember Leone um, I used to get little bags of them from you and I'm going to do a nice um, salad with tarragon shallots and roast butternut squash for that I'm salivating already. So let's begin. It's rye and caraway bread. Actually, I did this bread at Taste of Toher in Anagasen there last September and a lot of people really enjoyed it. 200 grams of the beautiful organic rye flour from Donany flour. And then I have 200 grams of plain flour as well. The rye flour can be quite 
dense. It has such a gorgeous flavour, but it can be a little bit on the heavy side. And I think for the Irish palate, it's nice to lighten it down with a little bit of plain flour. I think in Eastern Europe, they probably would just have it as is, you know. But I think this makes it probably just a little bit easier, I suppose, for, for our palate. So into that, I'm going to add a sachet of yeast. So I've just made a little well at the centre, as you can see there, Jerry. And in my little jug here, I've got some lukewarm water. And I've just added a teaspoon of honey to the lukewarm water. And I'm just going to pour a little bit of that water onto the yeast. So you can see it's kind of made a little well in the centre. And I'm just going to let the yeast activate. You'll see in a minute little bubbles starting to form on the yeast. So then you know it's activated. In the meantime, I have a teaspoon of salt here. And of course, I'm using Oriel sea salt from Clarahead as always. Keeping it away from the yeast now because I don't want to kill the yeast. Can you see those little bubbles? I see them yes. already, yeah. It's alive. So just mix it all through. And just go little and often with your water. If you go too heavy-handed on the water, and this is a rule of thumb for anything in cooking, it's harder to come back from it, you know, if you've gone too heavy-handed on it. So just go with a little bit at a time. I actually did make a little batch earlier, and I actually needed a little bit more water, which is unusual enough. Just keep on mixing it till it all comes together. And then you can knead it on your work surface. Or what I'm even going to do is just knead it in my mixer, because it's half the time and half the work. I always say to people, when people come to me for cookery classes, we always need everything by hand because it's nice to get to know the feeling of the dough, the texture of the dough, what you're looking for. But once you're a seasoned baker, you can pop it into the dough hook on the mixer and you'll know then, as you can see, even this dough is quite a heavy dough to work with. Mm. So when the dough is just about brought together like that, let's get it over here into the mixer, Jerry. So there you go, and you're just adding a little more liquid there. A little tiny bit more liquid, and as you'll see there, the dough will just form into one whole piece in a second. And then we're just going to knead it like that for about three, four minutes. If you were doing it by hand, it would take nearly ten minutes to do. Let the machine work away there for a couple of moments. So out of the mixer it's come there and you're kneading it here on the counter. Some flour on the... uh... Yes, I have a little bit of flour there just to bring it together a little bit more. It was slightly wet. I went a bit heavy handed with the water after warning everybody not to do that. So that's fine. So I just popped a little bit of flour onto my work surface. I have both rye flour and plain flour there. And I'm just bringing it all together. So let's have a look at that. Shape it into a little loaf. It's kind of like a circle, like a big ball, but more circular. And then pop your finger in there, Jerry. Into the centre? Yeah, into the centre and see the feel of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's nice and soft. It's lovely, it? Yeah. lovely. And it won't be as soft as a white flower, but that's, you know, you know, that's not the goal. So now back into the bowl that I made it all in with a little bit of collar of gold, local rapeseed oil and some cling film over. And we're going to just say goodbye to that for an hour or two now. And like the Blue Peter of many moons ago, here's one she prepared earlier. I see it sitting Absolutely. beside us here. So what I did was I let it rise for about an hour and a half and then I took it out and I knocked it back again and this time I put some caraway seeds into it. So I just sprinkled a teaspoon of caraway seeds through as I was kneading it and you can see now it's much lighter. Look at all those little, lovely little air holes in the bottom of it. Mm. That's the yeast working away. There's little dots of caraway seeds in there. So I'm just going to knock it back one last time and shape it into a nice loaf. I'm going to just cross the top of it just make a little crisscross in the top of it i have an egg here break up the egg whisk it a little bit and then i have more caraway seeds just to 
decorate the top. So I'm just brushing a little bit of egg wash on the top, really just to get the caraway seeds to adhere to the bread more than anything. And I'll just give it another kind of five minutes now before I pop it into the oven just to come back because I've knocked it back there again and then into the oven for approximately half an hour. Pop it into the oven now in five minutes. So while we're waiting for that, I'm going to get a little start on the lovely spelt berry salad. So my first job to do, I have some butternut squash and I have just peeled it and diced it and I'm going to add a little bit of collar of gold rapeseed oil some salt and pepper and a sprig of thyme and pop them into the oven to roast. How long will they take? They're, they're tiny little segments, yeah, aren't they? I cut them small on purpose because like the spelt berries, which we're about to go to now, are quite small themselves. So I don't want like massive chunks of butternut squash and then the nice little spelt berries. So they're only, what, about a centimetre cubed, mm. if even. And then I have a sprig of thyme here, which I'll just take the, the leaves off, sprinkle it in, and let's get this into a good hot oven. Actually, the rye bread's going to go into a very hot oven as well. 220 degrees. So the oven opens and in goes... Our squash. Our butternut squash, that's it. And then we're going to cook the spelt berry. So here are the beautiful spelt berries. And all we're going to do is get them into a pot with lots of water. They do take about 40 minutes to boil. So after that, the salad is very quick and easy to assemble. So the main bit is actually just getting them boiled up. So in they go into the pot. And... uh just cold water on these? Yeah, just some cold water. If I had a bit of boiling water there in the kettle, I'd throw it in as well because really this is just a matter of boiling until they're softened. And sometimes I have to add a little bit more water to the pot as well if it has all evaporated. And that's it, Jerry. And now almost time to pop the bread in. Yeah, we're going to pop the bread in now in five minutes. Leonie Workman, it's great to see you again. Thank you, Jerry. The bread's in the oven and everything else is getting ready for the salad. Let's talk about you and Danaini Flower and look at the display of flowers you've brought with you here today. My oh my, you have grown. We have, yes. Um, the business has expanded quite a lot since I last saw you. Um, we began, I suppose, in 2010. And now we are milling to capacity. So we're milling everything we grow, which is basically spelt, rye and uh, wheat. Tell me about the different flowers you produce. Uh, well, we have three different types of wheat flour. So we have a very extra coarse flour, which is great for the traditional soda breads. Then we have a finer ground wholemeal flour, which is lovely for pizzas and uh, finer breads with a slightly lighter texture. And then we do a sifted wheat and flour, which means the bran has been taken out. So it's a very fine, soft flour, great for pastries. And you can incorporate it into cakes and breads, but uh, uh, with a little bit of strong flour as well if you want to rise. They are all organic, which means no fertilisers and no chemicals are used whatsoever in their production. Who distributes the flour for you? Uh, We have two main distributors. Um, One is Sheridan's Cheesemongers, who do a great job getting our flour to the high-end shops. And we have another distributor called Taste the View down in Rathcool, who work with artisan food producers, and they get it around, all around Ireland, in fact. One of the dishes Tara is doing is whole spelt grain salad. She's put into the pot these grains into the pot. What are they? Um, Well, they would be the the whole spelt grain, which is uh, spelt grow. It's an ancient form of wheat. Um, It grows a little bit differently in that it has a very tough husk on the outside. So there's a lot of processes it has to go through through to get it to a millable or spelt berry quality. Um, Essentially, it's just a very clean grain and uh, it holds its texture. It makes a great salad. Uh, You can use it for risottos. You can use it for all sorts of things, including what Tara's doing today, which sounds and smells delicious. (laughs) It does. If you're here, we can get the bread in the oven and uh, the butternut in there and everything else besides with the herbs. 
But for Irish people, has it been a question of, of changing people's perceptions, tastes, palates when you talk about spelt and rye? Rye would have been used in small quantities, um, but it's not as well known as a bread ingredient. But the more Eastern Europeans who've come over to Ireland are really keen to use it. They're familiar with it. Um, And more and more people are beginning to use rye for sourdough, which is a very trendy if you like, trendy bread to make now and absolutely delicious. It makes wonderful sourdough. There's a recipe, as Tara said earlier, on every one of these flour bags. So folks, don't worry. If you buy the flour, you have a recipe there anyway. What's your particular favourite? I think my favourite would be the spelt because it's so versatile. You can use the sifted spelt or the whole grain spelt. Um, It's just a lovely flavour, a lovely texture. It's light to use. And uh, I think that would be my favourite flour. (laughs) Well, summer 2018, a dream come true for the the Walkmans? I think so. Yes, it's been it's been a, a learning curve, but it's been really very interesting and exciting for us as a family. Yeah. You'd like that type of summer each year, would you? Did it work well for you? I know it was quite dry now through the, the main summer months. Or how did you fare out with yield from the crops? Um, well, the yield was OK, but the quality because of the sun was phenomenal. Mm. We had wonderful quality grains. So with organics, uh, as anybody who's in organics will know, you, you uh, take a hit with yield, but the quality of the grains is is lovely and this year was particularly good so the 2018 vintage is the one to look out for but you do everything don't you you start with it you grow it you mill it you package it and away it goes and off it goes we do the whole lot it's all done on our farm in county louth at Dananey. i'm looking forward to the tasting so am i i can't wait <laughs> so here we go tempest fugit everything is almost there at this stage to the oven first yes let's have a look at the bread okay Oh, my word. Risen nicely. Oh, nicely? <laughs> it's just gorgeous. Now, let's just pop it here. Now, the one thing you want to do is just check the bottom by... Put a tea towel over it just to protect your hand. Yeah, and then one. knock on the very bottom. And yes. you can hear it sound, you hear that sound, sound hollow. Yeah, so yeah, it's like it's I'm knocking sound, a door. It? But it's, so now we're that just, means it's cooked perfectly. Exactly. So let's just let it cool for a few minutes. We turn our attention back over to the salad. Lovely. Okay, so bread out on the breadboard and to assemble the salad now. Okay, I have had the spelt berries just boiling away in plenty of water. I did add a little bit of hot water from the kettle. Let me just have a little taste now. Still a little bit of bite to them, how I like it. And also I like to keep the grains individual, whereas if they kind of get a bit too soft, they kind of go a little bit mushy. So let's just pop it into a colander. And I like to dress it while it's still warm because I think it just kind of absorbs the flavour a little bit more. So, spelt berries into a nice bowl there. And I have my shallots chopped. I have some tarragon chopped. And I have, I just went out to the garden there for the last few bits of parsley that I could find. So that's who you were. Myself and Leone thought you abandoned us and said, I'll oh, leave <laughs> no. them to their own devices it's there. Actually, the parsley is right next to the uh, back door, actually. So I keep it there on purpose because it does kind of, the warmth from the house keeps it going throughout the winter most times. Although the beast from the east did cook, <laughs> kill it last year. So there are lots of herbs, as you can see. The shallots are gone in. And next up, some lemon juice. And I actually squeezed a few lemons already. So I'll just grab those. Don't go too heavy on the lemon juice till you taste it. Uh, again, as always, go for less and then you can always adapt and put more in it's harder to come back if you've put too much in and now some salt and pepper and a little bit of extra virgin olive oil I, I use very little extra virgin olive oil really but it's nice for this I think to have so nice bit of pepper and the extra virgin olive oil finally then our roast butternut squash which is well caramelized there which I like 
pop it all in check for seasoning so important i know i say it all the time so important to check for seasoning each step of the way yeah i'm happy with that so plenty of lemon in there you're not going to yeah. add any more no no and the butternut squash is nice and kind of crunchy on the outside but soft at the center and you know i was saying if you wanted to bulk this out like this is kind of like a side dish now at the moment say with a piece of fish a steak um, maybe with some like chicken or something like that but if you wanted to bulk it out and turn it into a meal in itself some goat cheese or feta cheese would be lovely through it and um, you could even pop a little bit of smoked chicken with it which i've done before it's very very tasty i think the spelt berry itself is very toothsome like it's very wholesome i love that really wholesome taste like for me the coarser a brown bread is the better i love those really sort of unprocessed grains that really make you feel full so i quite like to just um keep it like this myself so but there you have it taste, Jerry. oh we're ready to go with the tasting is right have a little with the bread, what are you going to do with the bread just before we taste the salad? Oh yes, we're going to just slice it now. I'm just letting it cool for a minute while I'm assembling the salad. And then we're just going to butter it. That's as simple as that. Grist to the mill. Music to my ears. What can I say? Beautiful, natural butter on the bread. Absolutely. I've got the butter here in the butter dish at room temperature so that it doesn't... Uh, so it's perfect <laughs> spreadable uh, consistency. <laughs> Great stuff. So let's have a taste. Leonie Workman is here with me. Tara has worked our magic. So we're going to taste the little salad first is it yes we'll have a taster of the salad and see what that's like hold on there's coffee on that spoon <laughs> let me one of those can we take one of these yeah, yeah. so let's have a little taste and get a verdict on it you know something isn't that delicious mm. leonie the lemon in it is gorgeous and the crunch mm, the texture of everything is wonderful do you know what i love that consistency you mentioned with the spelt there it's just lovely to bite into i call it toothsome that's mm. what i call it. it's mm. not really a technical term yeah. i suppose but yeah. you know we do a variation on this at our healthy holds from hasty class which i've been running for nine years now say if we had 20 people you get 18 who absolutely love it but you might get two who are not used to eating those really coarse kind of grains and they find it a bit too much but a lot of my customers um, bring it to work in lunch boxes because it doesn't go soggy. It's fantastic. So you can put it in the fridge. You know, most salads, like once you've dressed them, that's the end of them really. So this one's a great one because you can have it in a lunch box. Very low GI. So if you're one of those people like me who gets the 3 p.m. slump, it's a great one because if you have that around half 12 or 1, that should keep you going for a few hours because your body digests it slowly. So the key is always, as Leonie will know anyway, um, the less processed the grain is the longer it takes to cook which is why it took us a while to cook it there but also the slower you digest it so therefore it should keep you feeling fuller for longer so actually all your um, lose weight feel great people this would be a good one for them <laughs> it certainly would absolutely brilliant oh my oh my i have to say that is just sensational can we go on to the bread now and see so what the bread is like let's have a little slice of this and there we go it's still a little bit warm so i would leave it a little bit longer on a normal day just you know um, to let it cool a bit more but let's have a little slice of it now you can hear the crust is really nice and crusty you need a good serrated knife to do that and there's a little voice in the background of a young lady called grace who wants a little slice of the bread don't you yeah and what would you like on it butter nothing but butter for grace as well she's following her mother's heart here and everybody else's as well. We've all gone back to butter, haven't we? We have indeed. Now, Leone, have a taste of that there and give me your first impression and then I'll have a little taste as well. Oh, it smells gorgeous. Wonderful. It certainly does. Jerry, I can't wait. No better man. Oh, my, oh, my. Come on, describe it, Leone, for the listeners. My mouth is full. I shouldn't even be talking. 
It's a lovely, wholesome, nutty flavour. It's got a lovely texture. I love the caraway in it. Everything about it is gorgeous. The crunchy, crispy um, crust. Everything. Yum, yum. <laughs> Get baking this yourselves, folks. That's the message today. I haven't been known for my baking, but I'm going to give this a go. I have to say... That is outstanding. Do you like that, Jerry? Because oh. you mentioned there on the break that you weren't mad about caraway seeds. Mm. So I'm curious to see. I think with rye, though, like I can understand caraway with something that isn't strong enough and bold enough to stand up to the flavour. But the rye flour is so strong and bold in itself that I think the caraway just really complements it nicely. It's about the matches. The match has to be right. And that's a match made in heaven. Good, I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) I love it, I love it. I just love what we've done here today. It's been really special and for the first in a new series of Flavours of the Boyne Valley and beyond in the North East, being prepared by Tara, I think you made a great call. Danani Flower, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much, Leone Workman, for joining us today. It's great to have you here with us. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's been a great opportunity. Wonderful. And new dishes as well. And to you, Tara Walker, as usual, thanks a million. So January, we're underway with the new series with Tara Walker at East Coast Cookery School. And these recipes and everything else besides, if you want to book a course as well, where? Eastcoastcookeryschool.ie Can't wait to February. I really can't after today. We're going to get stuck into this bread and the salad and we'll be back with Tara in a month's time. Yes, we will indeed. And what a start to the new series, uh, The Boyne Valley and Beyond, Flavours of the North East, Tara Walker, preparing them each month with us at East Coast Cookery School. And again, thank you to Leonie Workman and our family. They're fabulous, fabulous place in Donaney. And what they produce is magical. And I can tell you, we tucked into the bread and the salad afterwards. And it was simply gorgeous. Well done, Eileen. Missed uh, quite a bit of what you had to say, but caught the latter part. I was in St. Luke's, had the treatment, and at the time, my baby uh, was nine. I'm still here 23 years later. Uh, It's the best way to deal with everything. Best wishes to you and all at St. Luke's. That came in by WhatsApp from Mary A. uh, this afternoon. What a wonderful woman. Eileen Rush, we were talking to her, top of the show. She was encouraging everybody. But what about those words of encouragement from Mary there? 23 years on, she was in the same situation. Geraldine was on to say, Eileen is an unbelievable woman calling from her hospital bed. It should open every woman's mind to getting the smear done. Indeed, it should. Back to ice cream. David Andrews has been on to us. Yes, indeed, Jerry. We have an ice cream van calls every day to Beechwood Avenue on Marley's Lane, not far from where we're broadcasting here today. And my daughter, Megan, and friends get ice cream. And incidentally, Jerry, Megan is 10 today. Happy birthday, Megan Andrews. I'm sure you're going to get a big, big 99 on your birthday this very day. Idiots Jerry on Tara Hill using the dog bag and then throwing it with the poo into the ditch. What idiots is right. And the height of ignorance, says Jim. Some dog owners, no regard for anyone else. Time to hit them hard by the wardens and fines. Or ban dogs from public places altogether. Let them put up with the poo in their own garden, says Jim. I'd say a lot of people would say he here, here to that. Heading towards news and sport now on Late Lunch at three. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. 
Since we're celebrating 10 years on the air this year on Late Lunch, we've decided that each month we will dip into the archives, maybe more than once, uh, if needs be, or we come across something that we'd like to uh, play again. And today it's really appropriate. A lifetime campaigning for the rights of others, Save the Hospital Campaigns, founder Drogheda Senior Citizens, committed union activist and from a great Republican tradition, Nuala Early passed away in late December of 2018. I had the pleasure of interviewing Nuala some years ago, and on Late Lunch today, we remember Nuala with an extract from that memorable conversation. Nuala, you mentioned uh, breaking new ground as the first lady behind the counter in a bookie shop in Drogheda. Yes. You moved on from there to <laughs> another institution where radio was born in its pirate days, incidentally, round here. Donaghy's, the boot yes, factory. Yes, Donaghy's. You worked there? I worked there. I worked in Donaghy's, I think, for two years. I met Christy there. And uh, Donaghy's was, was um, I made great friends there. You know, and because of age you now, we're dying off. You know, but we made great friends. It was a hub. The, the, the boot and shoe industry right through Louth yeah. was, was a big employer, wasn't it? It was, at the time? yes. Yeah, it was a good place to work. Was there great fun and in the place each yes, day? Yes, I have a photograph at home for we were starting out on, on an outing someplace, you know, and that was a big event, you know what I mean? The, the firm to put on a bus and all the rest of it, you know, and the people that's in it, you can still see them and say, right, I knew them, I knew them, I knew Peggy, I knew so-and-so, you know, yeah. and it's great. Does it sadden you to see, you know, the faces and a lot of them are gone? Yeah, Mm. a lot of them are gone and you wonder why you're here. I'm not Mm. being morbid, but you do wonder why you've lasted this long, you know. I keep telling uh, young taxi men, uh, don't grow old. So one cheeky little monkey turned out to me one day, do you want to die now? (laughs) (laughs) You can't stop the clock. It just keeps turning, doesn't it, really? But is that fair? It must be the DNA or the gene. There's something in it. Well, if my mother died, as you you know. Yeah. uh, You can't claim that that's the case. My mother died at 69. No, if you you watch now, uh, times have changed. When Christy died and my father died and all those died, they were in the 60s. It was, it, it was a time to die. If you reached 70, you were old. Mm. And now if you, if you, if you look now at the, at the deaths, we're all in the 80s and the 90s and they're here to somebody today to 102, you know. Mm. And uh, so it seems to... Yeah, I think, Tom, you're right. You're right. And a couple of things, I suppose. Medicine, number one, and health care, yes. and as well as the way we live. You know, we the live, way we live. As well yes, as, the way as we all live. things to yeah. do with it. It's yeah. an interesting yeah. point you yeah. do yeah. make. Yeah. So you met Christy in Donaghy's Mill. And yeah. what age did you tie the knot? Uh, I was 19. I was 19 in October, and we tied the knot on Stephen's Day. <laughs> Stephen's Day seemed to be a day for weddings. Is that right? In that, uh, in that time, it was. And it was a one day wedding. You just um, had a wedding. And it, no honeymoon. A day in Dublin. The 10 o'clock uh, train to Dublin, uh, Jamin's to, that was your day in Dublin. And that's the day he took me with Malachy and whoever was, bra- Pauline was bridesmaid. And he took us that day to, to Dublin. And then he wanted to go to see the football match. <laughs> <laughs> he never lived that time. Did you put your foot down? Yeah. There, was no, there was no football on the honeymoon. There was be bridal gear and everything. And he wanted to go to a match. <laughs> typical Christy Early, football oh, man typical, through and through. Typical, yeah. But the one day it was, and it was just back to normal the next day. Oh, that day. was normal that, uh, that time, you know. Intermarried uh, life. Yeah, it, 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 
it was only in a couple of years later you heard of people going on honeymoon. Mm. But it, the, you're, you're the one day and that was it. You married at seven o'clock. If you married at seven o'clock, you were pregnant, by the way. <laughs> Everybody knew. Seven in the morning? In the morning. But uh, we all married at eight, you know. The weddings were that early in the day? Oh, they, 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 yeah, there was no special mass put on. I don't want to mention a name, but there is a, a woman, I think she's still alive in Priest Lane. And I remember uh, Phyllis, uh, it was marvellous. She had a, a spread and everything, you know what I mean? And she was married later in the day. And that was the start of it, I think. Of a new trend altogether. So an 8am mass, was there a reception or anything after? Not, you went back to the house and I cooked the breakfast. <laughs> On the day of your wedding? <laughs> the wedding. Pauline was the bridesmaid and Jimmy Early was the best man and then Brother Malachy and if, I think he had a friend with him and that was it, you know. Off to Dublin. Off to Dublin. Day, day out in the smoke <laughs> and back home. And go into Woolworths and get a pack of sweets. And that was it. That was it, yes. Wasn't, it, was wasn't it. it so simple and straightforward? It was, because now you, you have the worry of who to ask and what to do and the cost of it and everything else. You do you know? think it's gone to the other extreme, It's Lilla? gone to the other extreme, yes, it has, yes. So okay. you get married, you're a young woman. Do you continue working? I don't know, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yes. So Donahue's it was. But you moved on from Donahue's then to Wilson McBrin, which was... Was that clothing? Yeah, I was married at that time, and uh, I think Donahue's laid us off I think hmm. things were bad yes uh, something happened with Belbriggan uh, the army in uh, Gormanston uh, Johnny's did the, the both Johnny's and Wilson and McBrain Johnny's did the boots hmm. and there must have been a shortage and Wilson and McBrain made the uniforms for years for um, the army the army in Gormanston you know so, so you were laid there. off by Donahue's? I think, I'm, I'm not too sure. But went up the road, so went to speak. Went up the road, yes. I think I was married at that stage. Okay. Yeah. And, and you went on to have six children. Six children. That was normal. <laughs> not yeah, an average normal. type of family. Yeah, it was yeah. A, an average type. Six was an average, you know. And, uh, yeah. Four girls and, and you two didn't, boys. you didn't go out to work. You stayed you know, at home, did you? You stayed at home, the... the, the uh, the, fa- the, the father went went to work. Christy was still in Dunhees, and uh, you you stayed at home and looked after the family. What do you make of that situation? Where, you know, today, God forbid, yeah. people just cannot afford. You know what I mean? They need yeah. two salaries, and like, if you're lucky yeah. to have one, I suppose, yes. in the present climate. Yes. Are you, with all the years' experience you've had in community work and everything you've been involved in? Are you an advocate for the mother working outside the home or yes. would you see the benefits of, you know, stay-at-home mums? Where do you stand on that? Uh, the, the benefits of working outside the home is your, your mind stays active. When you, when, you, when you stay at home, maybe I'm wrong, but it, to, to go out and mix and meet people and get involved in this, that and the other, that's a different life and it's great. And you were for all for that. I was all for that. You like yes, to see yeah, that as well. Yeah. You went back to work yourself because a, a new career yeah. back in then, in, in, in a new company that we came to draw at the time, yeah. Marcos, was Marcos. it? I went to Marcos uh, to keep, I won't say which of them, at college. So you did this to yeah. further your children's education? Yes, and uh, I became involved in the union. 
in Marcus. So that was your first step, yes. sort of on the the, the activist yes. ladder, was it yeah. there? And I knew nothing, by the way. I knew nothing about unions or anything. <laughs> so it was the tongue that did, that did the whole lot, mm. you know. And it was it was great. We good fun in Marcus. Marcus was a predominantly uh, it was a female really workforce there, it was, wasn't it? Yes, there was a bit maybe six seven men. You know the cutters, mm. that kind of thing. But the rest were ladies and, and the, girls, and that. The, yes. You made history there from a union point of view, didn't you? Yeah. You became the first something branch or female branch. You were recognised yes, as something. We what was that? First, we were the first uh, branch of the Irish Women Workers Union outside of Dublin. I see. And eventually I got on the executive of that, much to their rebels. <laughs> 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 because, as I say, I knew nothing about union work, but I had a tongue. <laughs> But you obviously are quick on the uptake because you know yeah. you, you you educated yourself. You you bring your up, yes, yourself did, up yes. to speed in that yes, through your yes, life. Yeah, yeah. But um, you can get into trouble at times. I mean, somebody said I retired, and I said my tongue didn't retire. Mm, as you said, <laughs> as I said at the beginning yeah. there. But talk yeah. to me about unions and union representation and that. Are they? Are they? You know, today we are here in. You've non-union houses, yeah. and you know employers don't like unions in a lot of yes. places, and they, yeah. they have a bad reputation at times. Yeah. Do you think they're still as important and as relevant today? They are very much so. Why do you say that? I say that because I, I know the workers. I know that that that, that, that they need, they need the security of a union. They need to have a voice. Yeah. If there's no union, they haven't got that. You know, and uh, we all know what we want. I know things have changed a lot. I mean, there's a difference now between a shilling and, and, a, and a penny, you know. But uh, times have changed a great deal, you know. And then again, because it was a w- women's uh, thing, we had fun in Malkus. Yes. I still have the friends in the town today from those days, you know, and it's great. I have a message here that says, Jerry, will you get Nula to tell the story about playing footsie with Brendan Behan? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> What's, come on. Um, I was, uh, but... Um, my father was in, in, in the Curra in 1940 Chamberlain I think was uh, Premier Prime Minister and, yeah and uh, he wanted airports for, for his um, war effort and Dee Valera refused to give them he knew he didn't give them you know that we wouldn't have allowed it but in in, in exchange what he did was he agreed to um, in turn which is, as you know was a uh, with their trial, all the known IRA men in, in the country and my father was one of them and the current camp, the army camp was turned into a prison for them and uh, we went up to visit my father Maliki and I and the father came out because he was a widow he was allowed to bring other prisoners out on the visit dirty, rotten room soldier in each corner with a gun you know and uh, this big long table and my father was up here with his pals pl- plotting the raids they were going to do when they got out <laughs> and I was up at the top of this young fellow and he was gorgeous dark curly hair blue eyes and the two of us playing footsie under the table he was 19 I was 14 and it was Brendan <laughs> you could have been the, the, the Mrs Behan that, that never was <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was brilliant. Did you find? Did you know he was Brendan Behan then at that stage? Oh, he wasn't known. No, he wasn't it was only known. in latter years. Yes, in latter years, and he 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 sent me hand painted cards and all this kind of thing, little things, you know, for birthdays and all that. And unfortunately, when one of Christie's family was getting married, 
when I when she found it, she wanted them to look at them and never got them back. He gave them away. Yes, the lovely Nuala Early, who passed away in late December last year. An extract from a lovely interview I have with her. It's much, much longer. And I can tell you, uh, we'll be podcasting that interview with Nuala in its entirety after today's show, if you want to hear more. And we remember in Late Lunch Retro, looking back over the years on Late Lunch this afternoon. Jerry, as someone who lost my good wife to cancer some years ago, during her time between uh, being diagnosed and passing away, she spent time in the Louth County Hospital, Our Lady of Lourdes and the Matter, also attended St Luke's for Radium and Oncology in Drogheda. And I have to say, everywhere she went, she was treated with dignity and kindness by both nurses and doctors. So whatever they're looking for, they deserve. If we want a professional service, then you have to pay a proper wage. That's about the nurses. Thank you, Tommy, for that lovely message to finish off our show this afternoon. We'll leave you with a song today and say goodbye for Thursday. We'll be back with our final show of the week tomorrow, Friday. Here's Vanessa Carlton with a lovely one. A thousand miles for all late lunch listeners. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.